0: If you were conditioned to think that it's scary to open up access to the other side of the veil or to the invisible world, you might be sort of stunted in your own exploration of your own consciousness. And you might have shut down your psychic gifts. Well, today we're going to have on the show Nicole Bigley from A Psychic's Story and also her co-author, Scott Guerin, who are going to talk about their new book that's coming out, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels. And what are angels exactly? And what's behind the veil? And how do you know it's good for you and it's not good for you? And how do you open up access to all that? That's all the topics we're going to explore today. In this episode, join us to find out more. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar
1: Show. You're invited, delighted to this spiral.
0: On this beautiful journey, journey. So let to show So left to show so- well, hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably to a deeper understanding of ourselves and others and the planet. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love to have these conversations week after week and to share insights from my guests who I know personally and... Um, I'm really excited to share their messages with you. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is messages, stepping into that place of receiving your messages, and how can you get deeper into that connection with your guides, with your etheric help support team, with your angels? And what does all of that have to do with earth and have to do with medicine, What does all that have to do together? What does that even correlate to? Well, it does correlate. And you guys are going to find out today how it correlates. It's really exciting. So we have on two guests today. We have on Nicole Bickley, who you guys might remember. Nicole was on the show before talking about a psychic story and her podcast over there and really powerful work. I mean, Nicole, you've been doing amazing work. You got the top four spiritual podcasts in the U.S., receiving millions of downloads a year in all in 145 countries. I mean, wow. Like, I want to celebrate you for that. Thank like, you. Oh, my God. Doing your work. Doing the work, girl. And we got this beautiful... Your co-author on the new book that's coming out, Scott Guerin, PhD, is a PhD and a master's in human development, concentrating on spiritual development, and has his own books on angel and training and a spiritual journey, 12 lessons, all these beautiful courses in how to connect with, which you wouldn't really think goes along with somebody that worked in the healthcare industry for 40 years. Like, where (laughs) does that come in? But you guys know about me and inner medicine, so I think it all relates. Just guessing. (laughs) So welcome, Scott, as well. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me on, Carrie.
0: I'm glad you're here. You know, you guys are writing this. You're co-authoring this book now called Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels. And if you guys have been listening to Nicole's um, podcast, you know that she often breaks things down in really pragmatic ways, you know, so making it really understandable. Because at this time on the planet, we can't hide anymore. We really have to get out there and shine our light. Those of us that are able to connect and able to get messages and able to really know our true insight, right? We need to get out there and share what we know so more people can come along and get their messages. So I know that you guys have a unique story of how you met and how all of this came to be. And I'm just, I'm excited because I can't wait to hear some of the story too, because you guys know, like I'm all about this healthcare stuff needs to change and this like, you know, mental health and how we diagnose people and all this kind of stuff. Maybe it's a spiritual awakening. Have you ever thought of that? And I think you guys are going to touch on some of that today. So I'm really excited. Who wants to start? we want to start telling the story about how you met and decided to do this project.
1: I'll start. Yep. So Carrie, you know that I have a full-time job in PR and marketing. And then sometimes in the evenings, I'll do sessions with people who feel led to book them with me. And it's not a lot, but it is still after my full-time job. And so what I do is, I'm sure similar to you. I do a lot of prayer work, meditation, and just in preparation to receive information for the person's best and highest good. And so as I'm channeling and connecting with the person I'm going to have the session with, I hear very clearly from my spirit team, you need to write about us. And I was like, what? Because part of the session that I was channeling the information was to help this person connect with their guides and angels. And I kind of laughed at first, like, okay, first of all, I'm talking and trying connect for this person. And then I'm getting a message for myself and it didn't feel, you know, so I kind of put it on the shelf and pushed it away and it kept coming back and back. And I finally just said, stop. Okay. I need to prepare for this person. And I verily, I'm starting to understand a little bit more how to set energetic boundaries. So I said to my spirit team, listen, if you want me to do this, I will honor this message and I will do it. However, you need to provide the right person at the right time, divine order and timing, all of that, because I don't have a lot of that time and also not the resources to quote unquote self-publisher, even if a publisher wanted to come, that was fine. So I was very clear with them. And then I went back to what I needed to do. And then fast forward, not more than 48 hours later, I received an email from Scott, from Dr. Scott Guerin, and I forget, and he'll give a little bit more color here, but it was literally hi, I don't know if you would be interested, but I'm writing a book about angels and I need someone to write the part about how to connect with them. So the synchronicity and the message, and I laughed, I mean, in a good way, I mean, can't make this stuff up, right? And I just said, okay, I hear you clearly, it's the right time and I need to do this. And so I'll hand it over to Scott and he can share on his end what the experience was like and why he reached out to me.
2: So around that same time, I was doing my first uh, show promoting my books. I have two two books on spiritual development and some courses. And it was the first show I did. So I had this poster and I had a booth and there was other uh, holistic and spiritual vendors there. And across the aisle from me was a tarot card reader. Who you know? We were there for two days, kind of staring at each other <laughs> and talking <laughs> with each other, you know, when breaks and things. So at the end of the two days, we were packing up, and um, she says she comes over and she says, "I like all your uh, your booth. It's a little pragmatic. It's a little academic. You know, you got to stop. You know, everybody knows about the academic side, and, and you know, so you need to lighten up uh, on that. And uh, you say your my platform is." Um, angels in training. And I mentioned, I'm going to write a book on angels. She says, but well, you don't have any angels on your anywhere, you know, any pictures, figurines, <laughs> nothing. I go, okay, good. And she was very succinct, very quick think, you know, talking, thinking. And she said, and two, you know, you need a female voice, you know, that would really help round out uh, your message as you move forward. And she says, do you know of anyone? And I started to say, no, she goes, that's what you need. Okay. Thanks. Goodbye. <laughs> She's gone. So the next couple of days, I was you know thinking like who could I ask? And prior to that, about a few months, I got hooked onto a psychic story, and uh, was listening to it on my bike rides, and got to know Nicole through the podcast. I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna email her. You yeah, know, she's probably too busy, you know, doing different things, but I'll just write her. And when we match up the timelines. It was about the same time. you know, In it was like 48,
1: same. 72 within, hours. Within, yeah.
2: within a day or two of each other's uh, messages to move on that. That's how we got connected. So I sent her the outline, a rough outline. And she just said, yeah, this is exactly what I was thinking about. And uh, let's go. So we've been working on it for what, the last six or seven months? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah. Scott wrote it. And so he was pretty much done, but I had obviously not started. So it's taken me a little bit longer. But yeah, so that's the story, yeah. Carrie. That's amazing. What do you think? Mm-hmm.
0: I love that story. That's perfect. That's beautiful. That demonstrates the synchronicity, right? The synchronicity of those connections. And also when you're in the right vibration and you're aligned to your destiny, things just sort of connect the dots, right? So Nicole, you were like very much in your path. You were very much in your medicine with a psychic story. Stepping deeper and deeper into that and accepting it, right? And, and accept. And then this invitation came and you said, okay, (laughs) right? And then the moment you said, okay, it triggers this whole thing. And Scott's already on his path and he's writing his books. And so what I love about this, what I actually love is several things. Like, first of all, just the synchronistic and the connection of all of it, which demonstrates clearly for everybody listening, that's pretty much how it works. And the second thing I love is that you guys are a masculine, feminine, balanced team. You know, and I really feel like that's important at this time because people learn through different ways. People learn in different ways and having both voices, I mean, not to say you guys speak for all of the collective on masculine or feminine, but just like having a masculine voice and a feminine voice is like really awesome as a combined pathway for everybody to tap in where they, so they can understand it from different angles. It's kind of like visual learners and auditory learners, right? Like it's actually teaching from that, those angles. I love that. I think it's fantastic. So how has it been going for you guys so far? Has the synchronicity continued? I guess it's my, my next question. Yeah.
1: Well, before we get to that, I did want to just add to what also appealed to me is that Scott had written the, the prior piece about angels in psychology, angels in religion, and angels in science, which I thought was really important because... If you already believe in angels and or you want to learn more information about it, it is, it is out there, it does exist. But I like to the balance in addition to the feminine and the masculine and the various voices and perspectives that we bring, that aspect of it too. So there's a little bit of something for everyone depending on where you are. To me, it's always important to respect and honor where people are in their spiritual journey and their path. And so you may be more of the skeptic and but feeling in your heart, right? That inner medicine that we talked about before because I had Carrie back on my show as well, but what that looks like. And so if you're feeling more and trying to understand what that looks like, that was also what was important to me. So it was just that synchronicity was important, not just the timeline, but also the content itself to me. But yeah, so Scott, why don't you take uh, this question? How are you doing yeah. since you've been working on the book? And because we've talked about this a little bit on the side.
2: Well, I'll get to my phrase for you that i oh, yeah. have for years <laughs> In a second, but the content of the book is a reflection of the, my narrative and my spiritual journey, and my approach to things are like, okay, let's start from zero. That's what happened to me in, my, in organized religion. You know, I did everything I could to the T to make sure I did everything right. Whatever church I was going to, my life fell apart, and then I'm like, okay, let's start from zero. Is there a God? You know, what does science have to say about it? And what do I feel about it? What about law of attraction? What about prayer? What about meditation? So I went kind of through all those things in my life. And then when coming to write this book, I kind of took the same approach about angels saying, okay, where do we first learn about angels? Okay, organized religion, the sacred scriptures is where we first, what the written language certainly first appeared in in biblical text. So let's see what, what they have to say in general. You know, and then I look at the the four great religions: Judeo-Christian, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism. And briefly, I mean, because that's the other thing when you start researching these things, you could you fill libraries with what the Buddhists think about, or you know, like say Islam and Judeo-Christians' background on spirituality and angels so then kind of taking a brief overview of each of those then say okay where are we where are we at with science like where do we fit in what do we know let's look at our uh, visual and auditory filters that we have in our physical bodies right now and what what has science you know moved beyond that as far as technology to to expand our view in that area And then certainly psychology, which is where I kind of centered in on for the bulk of my life, you know, how do we view reality? How do we construct reality? And how is that skewed by our physical limitations and by our knowledge, by our memory, by our experiences okay. and that type of thing? And then we get, and then I get into a little bit of the parapsychology aspects where, uh, there's, you know, cutting edge research going beyond what we know about the brain and about the nervous system and about the mind and where it resides. And, um, precognition and those types of things that that start to blur the lines between what we know physically and what is out there spiritually and yet to be dis- determined and then kind of teeing up in a sense because in my spiritual journey I'm co- I'm just getting more involved with the spirit world spirit teams and such and and I'm kind of explaining that as I go, so that there's someone out there like me can say, you know what, he he took a careful, pragmatic approach to this, and this is how he's handling it. And then then it, and hopefully it would help them in their journey as well. So in the last six months, as I've been opening up just personally to guidance, listening to Nicole's podcast and the guests, and talking with her and seeing her in action, I start to say. Things are happening that I can't explain. That I can't. Some things freak me out. You know, when <laughs> I made a connection with a very, very important uh, lifelong, uh, early in life, uh, a coach, a friend, a teacher of mine who passed years ago, made a connection with him that freaked me out in the beginning. But now I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable with that. In addition to a spirit animal guide that is there, is real in my mind, clear as day. And so things like that are new, a little disconcerting. So my phrase for Nicole is that I thank Nicole and I also blame Nicole for giving me angst as I get into these new areas of my life.
0: You know, I want to just commend you. I mean, that's a beautiful journey that you've been on. And to initiate uh, research in the way that you're doing is really going to help a lot of people because there's a lot of people who are really disillusioned, you know, by religion right now, but they don't really know where to go or how to, what to do next. Yeah. Right. Yeah, They're yeah. heading off into the mystery sort of unarmed, you know, with any tools. Yes. And, Absolutely. you know, they're scared and they're like, they're not sure where to turn. And, and it's like, what do I believe? What do I not believe? Which by the way is from my guidance, and maybe you guys um, could comment on this too, but that's like what I hear is the initiation on the planet is that is our initiation is that we head off into the mystery and we start asking those questions from inside. And we start finding our own answers instead of sort of like looking for the guru to have the answer for us. It's like now it's like, okay, what do you sense? What do you feel? What do you hear? What do you see? And to not be afraid of that. But in the way of not being afraid of that is fear, <laughs> you know, because yeah. we've been conditioned to be afraid of it, right? So you yeah. talking with your friend who departed is like a huge deal. Like a lot of people have been trained that that's not okay, that that's scary, that that's that's like a, an evil spirit or that's something like that. And it's like, well, is it really or is it an ancestor? Is it really or is it the spirit of a friend who's on the other side of the veil and and is here to help you, support you, guide you? What is an angel? I'm sure these are all questions that are in your book. So I'll just wait and see who wants to answer yeah. that because take the basketball and take it to, down the court.
2: Well, yeah, just the one thing, and, I, and you already mentioned it, it we're teeing up. Humanity is being teed up now for a spiritual enlightenment. And the, the biggest thing and evidence of that is the movement away from organized religion. And all the polls show that. In the United States, highest percentage Which is actually
1: ever. really exciting. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. In, in the United States, highest numbers ever, 30% of Americans do not affiliate themselves with an organized religion. The trends of be, uh, being uh, people perceiving themselves as more spiritual than religious... High, all-time, high, worldwide. At the same time, the belief in angels remain pretty constant, you know, worldwide, you know, say, uh, in this low seventy percent, high sixty percent range where people believe have said that I believe in angels. So to your point, people are saying, okay, I'm backing away from organized religion. I don't need somebody to tell me what I have to believe and and do, but now I want to experience it for myself. Hence, Your work, this work, this message is the right time and the right place.
0: I want to pop in there because experience is the word. Mm -hmm. Experience Mm. for yourself. And Mm. like when I open Sacred Space, that's the first thing that people go, oh, there's something here. like. Like, I'll call in, you know, I'll call in whatever allies I want to call in. Like, I might call in Yeshua Ben Yosef. I might call in the Buddha. I might call in Kuan Yin. I might call in, you know, these ascended masters. And when they start to fill the room, everyone goes, there's people in here. Like, there's energy Energy, yes. Mm. Oh, my God. Or I call in the ancestors, and they'll go, oh, my God ancestors they're here you know so it's kind of like the chills up the spine right the the body is telling you yes they're here yes they came when you called and that's a huge thing for people to know like they're always when you call the angels you call any of your guys they're always right there they come for you when you call you had something nicole you wanted to share
1: well, yeah, I was just going to build on the fact that, you know, when you look at it, you you call them allies, right? I love that term. And Scott, that might be something that if we have time, I want to just add that in as well. Whatever you want to call it, we have our own soul, we have our own spirit, we have life source, right? God, Mother Earth, all of that. But then there's also these other beings. There's intergalactic beings, there's angels, there's the celestial angels, there's a whole hierarchy of angels, and everything is interconnected. You mentioned descended masters too, which the book also talks about. And I think in some ways, it's also for people to be able to understand and start to acknowledge that there's other energies outside of ourselves, outside of just our human being selves, and that they're really here to assist us and to help us, like you said, allies in our spiritual journey and our growth. And I think that for me, at least tuning in intuitively, the reason why angels has been such a, I don't want to say repetitive, but consistent thing throughout religion is because there's an inherent truth there to it, that whatever religion or spiritual belief you hold, there's a faith, there's a knowing that there's something bigger than ourselves. And it's by feeling that energy that allows us to almost kind of go back within and that interconnectedness that we all have. And so that's to me, the powerful part of allowing people to understand again, wherever they are in that journey, that they have this team or their allies in order to jump in to assist them.
0: Yeah. I think it's really important also that like we're making the journey out of organized religion, right? And we're making the mm-hmm. journey into what I call the mystery because it is a mystery because we we have to experience it to know something. And then when we have our first experience, let's say there's a synchronicity that happens or there's something really powerful that happens in the natural world. And we go, oh my gosh, it's real. That's when you know. So that's about knowing, not just believing anymore. So we're in this like this transition. So I'll tell you, briefly tell you guys one of my stories. So when... I went on this. Can we this, use it for the book?
1: Just yeah, you can. I don't
0: care. We, one time I, you know, for years i had been practicing opening sacred space and calling in the allies. And I've been doing healings, right? And calling it all in and just, you know, trusting that it was all working. And people would say that I had like a good outcome. So I was like, okay, well, it's working, you know. But I also like had this little part of me that was kind of doubting. Like, is it really showing up for me? Or am I just delusional? Like, is it happening? Or is it just sort of like that little pill, you know, like little, um. A fake pill, whatever. So I was like, I don't know. So one time I went on this, um, about six years into my healing journey, being a healer, I went to a vision quest, like a, a mini vision quest, not a full one. And I was out in the middle of nature. I was supposed to stay by myself and I was bored. So I was and I had to stay on my little spot of land. And I'd already done everything I could do. I set up my camp. I, I, you know, made the medicine wheel and I was just twiddling my thumbs. And so I went up on this rock. It looked like a stage. And I'm a sage. I like to tell stories and sing and all that. So I got up on the rock and I started singing this healing song and calling in the forest and the mountains and the elements and all the animals and just kind of like thinking like nothing was really happening. I was just calling it all in. And then I had this little inner giggle and I called in hummingbird. And then, kid you not, know, this hummingbird goes, and it was in front of my face, like a put like, in front of my face. And I went. And it stayed, it didn't go. I was like, oh my God, it's operating there. It's looking at me. And I looked at it and I said, uh, I think you're trying to tell me that when I call you, you come. And it goes, mm-hmm. and it flew away. And I was like, oh my God, nobody was here wow. to witness that but me. And I was- That's not, amazing. I, I was, I'd only been on the vision quest for like eight hours. It <laughs> wasn't lack of food or water. I was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. So now I know that when I call it in, And I asked them to give me goosebumps or give me like body sensations, So I know because my brain has been super active, like many people, right? Isn't that one of the major blocks is like a busy brain. Talk more about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the core of meditation is to quiet your mind and allow yourself to be open to input from outside of yourself is the the key part there. And that uh, the one thing every now and then I like to point out for people who are new to meditation or to kind of getting into it is like when you start to quiet your mind and you get the thoughts that bubble up who is that observing the thoughts like that's a new yeah you know, for a lot of people it's a big and for me it was too a light bulb goes off like wait a minute i mean i'm not my thoughts um there's something in this, there's an observer in there that could be my eternal soul could be but anyway nicole you had yeah. something on that.
1: Well, I was gonna say too, what you had that placebo effect, right? Of is am I just believing it because I'm believing it's a placebo or what what that is. And then when we get into that knowing when we start to have, which I hate that we need this, but we do because we're human, is that validation or confirmation that allows things to be brought more in my opinion. Up to the forefront to be like, ah, oh, I'm not making this up. But really, that doubt that comes in is a little bit of fear, and that doubt is usually, from my understanding, the ego and your egoic mind, the logical mind, trying to say, "This is your lane. Stay in this area." And so, what my guides and angels have taught me over time, which I loved this example, is that they said, as you raise in your consciousness and your awareness, and you're shifting your vibration, there are going to be times that your ego and or others, and this is not in judgment of the ego, this is. What it was designed to do is to either bring you back down and/or to give you the option of do you want to move forward in this choice and this experience and these things? And it's not always the ego, sometimes it's universe, right? But I say that because I think that's just a natural evolution of us. It both again, as human and spiritual beings, as we're going through this process, that there's going to be that doubt. Um, but usually, that's old stuff that we're trying to shed. That we're trying to also consciously expand our awareness to get us to that next stage.
0: Yeah, I love everything you just said, and I've been thinking about this because you know I'm a <laughs> pretty psychic, right? And I never really knew that's what that was for a long time. I didn't know that that's why people got girl join the psychic club because <laughs> <laughs> I said stuff that people were like. And they get upset and I'd be like, why are you so upset? It just seems obvious to me, but it wasn't obvious to them, you know? So anyway, I had to learn how to use that gift, but you know, there, I'm really grateful because, you know, let's all be grateful for the ego because it actually keeps us able to function enough to drive a car, enough to participate in society, enough to have a conversation. The ego has a function and what we want to do is get that nice, delicate balance between helping us to live our lives and taking over control. So we we want to like work with that ego itself, right? To open that up. And I think that people who are in mental hospitals, they just have a little bit less ego than they actually need. Like they actually need a little more ego to help them adjust to the reality. They need a little bit more boundary. Mm-hmm. And I really would love like the whole industry to rethink how they treat people who are having those kinds of what you call psychotic breaks is because they're maybe their lifetime is actually here to destroy or to not destroy, but to break down the ego itself for all of us so that we can have a different relationship with this um, construct. And so we need to, this is what Maladoma Somi was saying is like, when I go to the mental hospital, I see, I see people who are shamans. I see healers. I see healer shamans who are not necessarily equipped to navigate the realms between, like the dimensions very well. And they're not able to stay with one foot really anchored in this reality because they're they're so dimensional. They're like confused about where they are. But we, instead of like throwing them in a jail or throwing them in the mental hospital, I feel like we need to have spaces for those people like much like Buddhists did, right? Like if, if if you had like these ancient religions or these ancient spaces, they would have seen that person, indigenous people, they would have seen that person and said, oh, that, that person's a healer. They need this person to train them. They need like an apprentice. They need to be held and, and navigated through that process instead of condemned.
1: Yes. No, I think that there's a lot of stigma and mis- and misconceptions around overall disease disease and whether that's physical mental or even emotional and there's a place for western medicine there's a place for certain things but it's the same concept if you think about prisons and you think about mental health facilities and even hospitals we've sanitized so much of what we think that process should look like and i'm not here to knock any of you know that or what have you but i do agree i think that there's a lot of there's a there's a healthy amount of people who are in past and or psychics and or intuitives or also just that are wrestling with the mental things that they're going through and to understand how we can potentially support or also how that works for them and we think of also autism being one where you know there's a lot of on the spectrum sensitives right? that they go into it and they're just now, or we're just now starting to understand a little bit more about where they are in being able to process within the world, again, both mentally and emotionally, and how that differs from how society is set up. But I'm going to kick it over to the person who has the PhD and has human behavioral expertise here and can speak to that a little bit more as well.
2: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, you know, there's a system that is a giant ball of of stone rolling and that's the you know the healthcare industry that you know that we have doctors you have treatments and everyone has to work within the organ, you know the accepted parameters or else they'll get sued or they'll, you know, you know, mainly they'll get sued. I think that's the biggest fear that most physicians have in most health systems have that they have to watch what they're doing. They can't just bring in a shaman in a, in a session. And if something goes wrong, then, you know, obviously there's, uh, there's recompense to that. But the other thing is research. You know, I was in the pharmaceutical industry for decades And yes, a lot of pharmaceutical companies do a lot of great work and and great charity work and provide a lot to people in in need. But at the same time, they have to make money to operate. So if there's a a new type of meditation, you know, that could help with depression, who's going to fund that? And who's going to pay for that, you know, uh, if it gets out there to be uh, considered by uh, insurers? So there's that practical sense. And then certainly the information all has to be deemed viable by the medical schools and the, the academics in the, you know, around the world to, you know, before people would accept that. So that's a tough thing to fight against. And there is a big wave of people going kind of off the grid and going uh, with alternative medicines to the extent of, of psychics and mediums and Reiki and this and that. And who knows, maybe we'll make a row you know, hedgeway in a few years uh, to accept that, just like uh, meditation and yoga is accepted and paid for in some hospitals, you know, hospitals and healthcare systems. So unfortunately, we're going upstream uh, with that and innovation is always uh, hard to do, you know and then one quote that came to mind was uh, the uh, philosopher Joseph Campbell says uh, all great ideas start out as blasphemy
0: yeah well <laughs> but, i'm I'm definitely blasphemous. I mean yeah i'm like I'm like the most blasphemous um, person to the you know <laughs> to the whole industry and i what I see is I see a lot of i actually have psychotherapists that come and train with me right because they get to this place in their career where they go this doesn't really seem what working like it's not working for people like I don't think people should have to be on medication the rest of their lives or I don't think that diagnosis should be like a lifetime thing and I feel like people can heal and then they hear my story and they find out that I I have healed like they you, you can tell like when you go back to the beginning and you watch the thing and then you watch my progress it's kind of like I think that's what my soul set me up for this lifetime was to be like the demonstration of like A demonstration of like, watch this girl go. Like it's just not the same transformation works. Like it is evolutionary. We are evolutionary beings. And now we know through epigenetics. And now we know through like, we have science that proves this now. So like people can accept it more, but you're right. Like we're heading into, we're in a space where we're like in between, because this is the kind of stuff. Like when you head into angels, when you head into the mystical, when you head into that part of your consciousness, the only way to prove that to yourself is to experience it. And if you don't experience it, then you're kind of like in the dark from everybody else who has experienced it. And there's this great divide because the people who have experienced it are like, you just haven't experienced it. And we know, we know, we just know. And the other people are like, well, you can't just know because you need like reams of paper and scientific data and all this stuff to know. And so you don't know. And so there's this huge argument. And it's like, really what needs to happen is for people to know. And once they know, then there's no going back. It's like, oh, well, let this work. Okay, well, okay, I see that. Now we can start to move forward. So I think the thing is like, how can we increase the level of consciousness on the planet to the place where everybody just knows? You know, I think that's what's happening right now is like people are on the journey of knowing, right? Like that's, that is what this whole evolution is about.
1: Yeah. Well, I also think though, that when you were talking, it reminds me of that scene in Friends where it's like, they know, they don't know that we know that they know, like there's that whole thing too, right? Because when you're talking about the people that have experienced it, there's still doubt in some cases, and they don't want to admit it. They don't want to step into that because that means either more work or that means more whatever, that means breaking down the matrix, the paradigms, the programming, and they just don't want to do it. So I think that there's several layers to that, right? It's not just necessarily the knowing and then the not knowing it's that there are people that are kind of in the middle that don't want to be pushed off the ledge, right? And they don't so, want to be outed as the rainbow sheep that knows. correct, correct. Exactly. Exactly. And so there's a level of, you know, I think you you can get this too, uh, is that it's like we're kind of leading as light workers in a lot of ways, but we can't drag everybody else along with that. And so to your point about the consciousness and that evolution of it, it's giving people as many of the tools and resources, but you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink it type of scenario, right. That's going on. And then I think that there's the larger construct. It was just designed to make money and to keep us in these boxes and to keep those things. But once you, I think there was a beautiful, um, there was something in a, in a prior interview that popped in my head today. And it was that image of where the birds are in the cage and that the doors open, but the birds are like, I'm not going to fly out because I feel safe in my cage. That's their choice to be there. Right. You may, you may not be aware that the cage exists, Or you are aware the cage exists and that the door's opening and you still don't want to fly out. And so everyone's going to be in, you know, their different stages with that.
2: Yeah, and I think that we're getting at, we're we're running right up against the legacy, uh, and I talk about this in the book, of the scientific revolution in the 1600s, where everything has to be observed and measurable. That's reality. And anything outside of that is not reality, it's suspect, whatever. And now with you know, with quantum theory, physics, we're starting to blur the lines here. Like things aren't really operating the way Newton had planned out and mapped out, and which works, you know, in large mass, but but in any case, you know, that the thing is like, well, if I don't see it, if it can't be reproducible in the laboratory, then then I'm and then we're not going to buy into it, we're not going to prescribe it, we're not going to use it.
0: Well, you know, and, Scott, that would be like saying that if I can't call that hummingbird back again, then it wasn't real the first time.
2: Well, yeah, that, that's, that's the because right, right.
0: Yes, because it happened, and mm-hmm. I clearly witnessed it. That's the construct.
2: Right. yeah. That's and just right. because mm-hmm. I
0: can't call it, and I did try. I did try to call it back again. <laughs> of
1: right. course you did. I wouldn't have <laughs> expected anything mm-hmm. less. <laughs> yeah.
0: but, you know, as so I thought, ooh, I wonder if I could do it again. But it's not me doing it. That's the thing. This is really a huge shift, right? It's not me yes. doing it. It's me opening up and nature doing it through me. And I think this is why we're running. Okay, so I'm going to bring in, this is another piece I want me to bring in. So this is where we're really getting ourselves hosed out by as humans, because we are so smart that we think that we know how everything works and we can manipulate things. And then we think we're going to be just fine. And so what they do with marijuana? They pump that marijuana plant so full of THC and these like my psychoactive components, well beyond what Mother Nature programmed it with. That now are we have a whole population of young people that are hosed in their brain. Like they are seriously, their brains are damaged. and they think it's healthy. And they think it's healthy, uh-huh. but they're using a plant that has been programmed to have way yeah. more capacity. And this is humans thinking that they can do this. So this is where I I kind of sit back and I'm more like, I'd rather go to the jungle to the actual plant and sit in ceremony with the plant, with a shaman whose family has been doing this for generations and generations and generations and learn from the plant with humility. What do you have to teach me? Not how can I take you to manipulate, to get an outcome I think I want that then has disastrous impacts. I mean, the atom bomb, we have like that movie coming out this summer, right? About Oppenheimer. Like this is stuff that humanity has got to really be humbled. And I think- We are in this place of like, we think we know he who thinks he knows is a chapter in my book. He who thinks he knows. It's not about men. It's about the mind. He who thinks he knows. We all have one of those. We got to start going to the heart. She who feels the community, the planet, you know, we all have the masculine, the feminine, and we've been in favor of the masculine and regarding the disregarding the feminine. We need to bring all of that together into our being and really listen with humility to the planet because she is the expert on this place. We're just a tiny, tiny little cell of her. Like she knows what's up. And she's like, oh, that's nice humans. Okay, let's see what happens. You can go on that experiment and then we'll see what happens. And we're getting that impulse of, I'm a mom. So like, I'm, you know, I'm impacted by this personally, this uh, little experiment with marijuana that we've gone through. And I see lots of young people really impacted in a bad way, going through like a huge psychological break because why? Because we we kind of violated the laws of nature now. I get off my throne now. You guys can speak. Okay.
1: I, was, I was trying to think about how I could rein this back to angels, marijuana and angels. Um, <laughs> yeah, what what are you hearing when you well, open actually, up your psychic well, channel? Well, what I was going to ask you is, do you mind telling Scott about the whole universe thing? Because I thought that was really cool. And then and then we can get back on the angel part, but it does have a tie-in to it, which it I think does. is really important. It does mm-hmm. have a
0: tie-in. Mm-hmm. So, well, first of all, you can hear the angels a whole lot better when, when your mind is out of the way, right? So there is True. that part. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I don't think it's a total disaster Because these things always seem to work around like they seem like a total hot mess and they seem really, really bad, but then they turn out to be actually perfectly exactly what we needed. So I will take a breath on that and acknowledge that (laughs) that could be happening. And so, what my friend Jennifer Huff said, and I think you'll appreciate this, Scott, is she contributed a section in my book called The Second Wave and she's a physicist. Okay. So I'm not a physicist. That's not my, I'm not scientific, clearly. I am more (laughs) spiritual and out there woo woo. But Jennifer Huff said in her, in her, um, she said to me one day, she said, Carrie, They've now proven, they've now figured out the equation that Einstein could not solve before he died. And the answer is that the universe is inside every single one of your 75 trillion cells. That's how you solve the problem. It's in you. So it's not outside there, it's in your cells. And the mathematical equation solves perfectly when you realize As within, so without. And we've been saying this. How many generations of humans have been saying? And as as
1: above, so below. As Mm
0: -hmm. above, so below. The infinity symbol. Mm -hmm. The infinity symbol is what it's at, right? So the universe is inside your cells. So if the universe is inside your cells, then where are the angels?
1: Angels are part of it too. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 Right? Yes. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. That goes back to the energy. And that's why spirit has been saying to me, You know, even as I've been writing the book and working with Scott on this, it's not as important for people to understand the hierarchy of angels and who's an angel and who's an ascended master and your loved one on the other side and everything else, as much as it's to understand energy and the relation and the interconnectedness and that connection to the divine. That's really the important part. Again, as humans, like you said, we're trying to think we're all smart and we're trying to learn and that's great. But- it does help us, at least for me to understand, like when I first uh, felt Archangel Michael around me when I was a kid, I just sensed similar to you with calling in your allies, that there was a presence around me and it felt different and I just knew it was different. And so then I wanted to have that connection and communicate, right? Because if it's around, there's a reason in my mind that it was around. And so that was part of it. And so when you're talking about the universe and part of us and within us, it's to remind us that we're, it's to give us that perspective as our human brains can comprehend how we're connected, what that bigger picture is, and then how we are also individual in some ways spiritually.
0: Yeah, and I hopefully that in helps people to embrace mm-hmm. everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Because right. if we're part of a co-creative universe where everything is all connected and it's all part of the one, then that means we can kind of toss out this idea that there's bad stuff and there was good stuff mm-hmm. and stop trying to avoid the bad stuff and like embrace only the good stuff and mm-hmm. just kind of be curious about like, Scott's on your journey, be curious about what is the totality? Like, what is this whole matrix? Who am I inside this? And isn't that returning us to like Socrates? I mean, this is returning us to the questioning, right? The Confucius, like all the questions. Who are we? (laughs) Who are we? And why are we here? Instead of being so certain about things. Talk Mm -hmm. about that, Scott.
2: The thing, the idea that popped into my head was, you know, Jesus' own words, you know, the kingdom of God is within you. And it was like, where's the kingdom? Is it here or there? No, the kingdom of God is within you. And the tie-in to the Edgar Mitchell circling the planet, he looked at the planet and he said he was overwhelmed by the thought of oneness, that everything has, everything is connected to the microscopic level in the universe, and that it, we're a part of an ancient system that, an ancient substance, in a sense, that's been there forever. So, yeah, that whole idea of oneness, it kind of contradicts what I think you're saying mankind wants to do is control. We want to control things outside of us. So the, maybe part of this spiritual awakening is to let go of that control and to just be and to let things happen and to be part, and feel part of that oneness to get that peace that we want.
0: Yeah. And be curious, right? Like the curiosity, mm. I think one of my first teachers, Heather Ashmara, was really drilled into me. Curiosity, curiosity, curiosity. Don't be so certain what you think you know mm. because we're learning. And they actually prove this. This is science, but this is another t- Jennifer Hoffism, which she was telling me about how when you're stopped, like when they, they started measuring the telomeres on the cells and these, these telomeres are the things that help you connect in your cell, connect to new new information. And so in in elderly people, they found out that the telomeres were really, really short in the the people that were very ill, the people that had dementia and then were not doing well, they tested. And they found that people with dementia and stuff like that, their telomeres were, were very shrunken. But the ones, the elderly people that were really alive, their telomeres were really long and they happened to be people that were still learning, like they were still actively mm-hmm. learning and engaging and, and having conversations and being part of society and, and like really learning. And so there is this way of like curiosity is what keeps the inner child awake, right? It keeps our, it keeps us learning and engaging, which goes along with learning about that. Like you said, like they had a, an awesome, ex- can you imagine being in space and seeing the planet and, mm-hmm. and having that so surreal, overwhelming maybe. sense of oneness? Yeah that, you know, I will tell you, I am very certain that the indig- some of the indigenous people, the medicine people, they have that. They have that overwhelming knowing that we're all one. It's not just a concept for them. It's like a, it's an embodied knowing. It's like in their cells. And when you're around them, you can feel it. They love you just as you are. And I'm still working on getting to that place. You guys I got a
1: a message when you were talking and sorry, but uh, because I I love that too. The the fact that that oneness is just a part of who they are and how they live and it feels connected because they go through that. But the message I was getting is when we have curiosity, that's our will to live. Because curiosity is not just keeping our brain active and or learning and educating. It's that curiosity is us wanting to learn, not just learn, but have movement and change. And and it comes from a place of us wanting to have that deeper sense of knowing.
0: That deeper connection with uh, the source. And because Mm -hmm. the one Mm -hmm. that knows is the source. So when we connect in with source, we find out, right? And the curiosity and move through the fears, like, you know, like you guys were writing for people that are moving out of maybe many different disciplines, right? Maybe being agnostic or being atheistic or being from organized religion and studying and wanting to open up this mystery for themselves. And, and this is where the magic lives inside the curiosity, right? And for the journey.
2: Yeah. My thing is that one part of the message is that it's okay to try. It's okay to try this. It's okay to, you know, it, open up yourself, ask for a little piece to be, to see a sign or just recognize the signs that people get every day and don't, you know, don't even notice them, but just to realize, you know, take that first dip in the water in a sense to say, okay, this is real. This is outside of myself and it's okay. I have to tell this story. My mother, my mother, when she was alive, she came to my house and I have this, got a bookshelf of all the books I was reading about metaphysics and psychology and spirituality. And she was from very conservative uh, Christian background. And she says, you know, Scott, I think you're going to go to hell. I'm like, no, mom, I'm not going to go to hell. Well, how do you know? I just know I'm not going to. And she'd say, "What? There's a lot of things in these books that like we don't, we've never learned about." I'm like, no, it's okay, mom, it's okay. You know, to move on. So in a sense, that's my my perpetuating message to people to say it's okay. It's okay to move on and experiment. Nothing bad is going to happen.
0: Yeah, like it's okay to leave that cage, right, Nicole? Like it's okay to leave
2: mm -hmm, that cage.
0: You know, it's like you're in the little cage, the door is open, it's been opened by all the angels. They're like, and we're all floating around outside, like, hey, we're having fun out here. Come on. Yes. But, you know, I'm going to fess up, Nicole. I don't know if you're going to fess up, but even though I've had all this beautiful awakening process, even I've been wanting to stay in my cage. Like, I like it. Oh, yeah. I like my home. I like my environment. I like my little bubble. I created the life I want,
1: you know? (laughs) Full confession. When And I I don't mean this. I I truly mean this out of love in my heart. But when the pandemic first happened, I honestly thought it was like, like the snow day. I didn't think it was going to be nearly as big as it actually was going to be. But as people started to go within, I was like, oh, this kind of feels a little good because it's a, it's forcing me to look inward. It's forcing me to not have those social engagements to do the things that was the go, 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 go. And so slowly over time, as the world back emerges and we're, I didn't want to leave my cage. Mm-hmm look at it from a spiritual awakening standpoint or other, but also you're exactly right. Especially when we've had, we've or at least I myself have gone down the mountain and these snowballs type of effect. And I hit the ground. I don't want to go down another mountain and a snowball and have the same thing. It feels comfortable to kind of just stay where I am for a while. And so it's okay. Like Scott said to recognize where we are. And if we don't want to take that step or to take that additional kind of growth and change, but also just know that at some point you're going to be pushed again. <laughs> you know, you're going to need to do it. It's just a matter of, of timing and to win. And we never feel ready. Let's be honest. No, no. Yeah, That's when you know, birds are get pushed out of the nest.
0: Many of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Mama bird's like, it's time. Get yep. out of yeah. Go fly. Yeah, yeah, my mom has been pushing me out of my nest. Mama Earth has been saying, Carrie, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. out of your nest. <laughs> and I'm like, but those people are scary. you know. Like Some of them are, you know, it's like, ooh, you know. And because there's so much fear and everything. And then you go out there and there's projections. And, and there is all that. There's mental, there's projections on you. Like, I know when you started your podcast, Nicole, and I'm sure you, Scott, when, you know, you're talking about your mom saying that to you. And it's like, she just means it from her heart, right? She's just trying to look out for you. But like there's just a new understanding coming into place and mm-hmm. I, I think as as light bearers, it's like we, we do need to move into the world as even if we're uncomfortable with it, I'm saying yes you're first not- Oh, funny first for a sec that was funny. that was funny. So I, what I was saying is that as light workers, you know we <laughs> I was saying this and I think my guys were like we're gonna pause this just so you get the message. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say it again. I heard you guys but the message was like, as light workers, we can feel like a little nervous right about moving into the world with our gifts because either like we maybe got a negative uh, you know reception when we first started our path or maybe in some other mm-hmm. lifetime we've experienced the persecution that's happened and it's like okay that's not going to happen in this life we already all collectively know that's not happening in this life and there's still some fear mm-hmm. step into it right as you're able to step out into the world and I'm so glad that you guys are stepping out into the world more and you're bringing this beautiful book forward And I really, I'm just, I want to celebrate that, that you are working together, that you're a team, that you listen to spirit, that you are synchronistically, completely synchronistically brought together, followed your instincts, followed your soul's messages. Here you are learning from each other and about to share with the whole world, your messages. I think that's a fantastic demonstration of angel medicine. And I'm super excited for both of you as you um, get ready to launch it and I'm just going to ask you, what's a parting? what do you want to share with people as we're closing up? What, what feels precious and on your hearts?
2: I think that the most important thing for me to convey is that we're on a journey. We should, you know, it's best to not give up. And at the same time, we'll never get it done. We're evolving, but there's going to be always opportunities and, and opportunities to grant, to expand, to grow. And that that kind of takes the edge off of things in a sense, like I'm not going to, there's not going to be a point where I get there and I'm done. It's always going to be, no matter what I learn, no matter what I experienced, there's always things to grow. So I would say, enjoy the journey, uh, maybe uncomfortable at times, but it is so worth it to open yourself up to that.
1: Yeah. And then I would say and add to that, that if you are feeling vulnerable or uncomfortable, and at the same time, it's feeling that it's part of your soul or your heart, and it's where you're led to go, whatever that looks like, then that is the part that you need to trust within yourself and trust that part of the process, because that is leading you to bigger and better and greater things. And that's where I always kind of t- say to people, we sometimes get comfortable with the uncomfortable, but that not uncomfortable that's allowing us to grow. But if you're feeling somewhat excited, like nervous excitement about it, that's a, that could be a good litmus test of, I know I need to make this change or take this step because it's feeling within me, even if it might feel uncomfortable from that perspective.
0: I love that. And I would say yes to all of that. And that as you follow the guidance, it deepens, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what makes it come on stronger is when you actually listen and follow. Amen, and- yeah. You know, then the magical path opens up, and you have like all of a sudden you like just happen to know it's Archangel Michael standing next to you, You're like oh <laughs> You know, I heard him in my voice by the way in my head one time. It was your, I don't think I told you this story, but no, wow, you never did. <laughs> this is before I woke up, and I was very sleepy, guys. I was super sleepy, and I was obsessive. Not to say I'm not obsessive now. I just use obsession for devotion. Anyway, <laughs> I, I was super obsessive and my mind was busy. And I remember I went to a, a past life regression, right? I, and nothing happened. I was so pissed. I was like, that, that, I, and I was obsessing on my little bike at the gym. And I'm like, oh, that person doesn't know how to do it right. And I need to find somebody <laughs> else. And I'm going to go look and see what Oprah does. And I'm going to go see who she recommends. And and I was just for like 40 minutes, just on the bike, completely obsessive. And all of a sudden, this booming voice came in my head like a loudspeaker you have a life live it and I was like <laughs> oh wow. I'm looking around like yeah. nobody else heard wow. that that's what happens oh, yeah wow. watch oh my god what and I was like oh, okay yeah I'm sorry yeah. you know like, what a
2: great it was message like that
0: yeah. how'd you well, know it was Michael I just I Asked. didn't know who it was at oh. first, but I just, it was the voice. And then as I started waking up, I kept revisiting that. Right. Cause I'm like, who was that talking to me? And I was like, got to know Mark Archangel Michael's energy. I was like, that was Michael. It feels. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. his kind of like directness, like bam, like knock your stuff off, you know, like get to business, you're supposed to be here doing your purpose. And I, and in retrospect, when you look at these things back and over again, you know, you can, from a different vantage point, you can see, like, I was trying to avoid a very dark part of my journey. Like I was trying to bypass it. I didn't want to go through it and I was trying to find a way around it, but I didn't know that's what I was doing. Sometimes you have to go through a darkness. Like sometimes mm-hmm. when you listen to the voice, right that leads you on a path where you're going to experience some difficulty. You're going to maybe act in ways you wish you hadn't have acted. You're going to go through some part of your journey where it's dark and you're like, gosh, I'm I'm ashamed of myself or I'm angry at life or you're going to go through some stuff, right? But that is necessary (laughs) for your journey, right? And so when you try to bypass it, you just don't get to move forward into the blissful part. So anyway, that's what I learned on my journey. I don't know if that resonates for you guys. No, and right when you Absolutely. were saying that, I actually saw a big
1: angel light off to the right. That's why ah. I kept looking over there. I was like, what is what's going on? I was like, Carrie, light. Carrie, light. <laughs> so yes, they're saying it's resonating. Just yes.
0: I. <laughs> awesome. They're, I'm so glad I got my lesson after all yes. this year. Thank you. <laughs> it's important to get the message. <laughs> So don't avoid your journey, people. If, no. you, if you're about to, if you just have this sense, this dreading sense, like, I know I have to follow this and I know I'm about to enter a dark part of my journey
1: and I don't want to go. <laughs> I totally Or a good you. part. Or a good part. You or know, a good you never part. Mm-hmm. It could be like either. Like the book, yeah, the book was it was joyous. Um, I blame Scott just as much as he blames me because <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be working so much over the last six months. But yeah, I think that it's, it's also not just listening to your inner guidance, but to being open to the fact that you have allies or a spirit team and or angels around you and that they're just they're here to support us and we just need to be willing to ask and we shall receive
0: that's right. And if they're a little strong with you, that's because before you got in the body, you asked for them to be that way because you knew mm-hmm. you might try to yes. avoid your journey. <laughs> yeah.
1: yes, yes, absolutely. 100%. So I, I asked him
0: for that ask kicking. <laughs> he <laughs> gladly delivered it. So <laughs> so all right, you guys. That, this has been a beautiful conversation. I hope thank you, you guys, so much for having us. Yeah. yeah thank thanks you. for being on the show and everybody listening. I really hope that you have enjoyed this conversation. I just invite you a couple of different things. I invite you to go check out A Psychic Story and Nicole's podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes to that so you can go check it out. I mean, really, really beautiful podcast. I mean, I have like podcast envy. You know, I wish my podcast was bigger. (laughs) I love that your podcast is reaching so many people. It's just really inspirational. I'm so inspired by you, I just want to say. And I'm really delighted to finally uh, get to know you better, Scott. And it's great. Yes, it's great to have you on here, and I look forward to checking out your books. For you guys um, who are listening, Angel and Training Series is his work. Uh, Dr. Scott Guerin, and is G U E R I N. I'll put links in the show notes, but yeah, like a spiritual journey, twelve lessons. There's lots of stuff. He's even on Udemy. I think that's how you pronounce it, Udemy. Yes. And, you know, you've, you've been a junk professor in psychology for 22 years. So he kind of knows what he's talking about just like a tiny <laughs> little bit. So I, I think you guys should check him out. And thanks, you guys, for coming Thank on you. the
1: show. And just, yeah, real quick. Uh, we do have a, a website for the book. It's lookingforangelsbook.com. We didn't have it when we originally sent that to you, but it is up. So if you want more information, you can go there and find it.
0: Lookingforangelsbook.com. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you okay, so everybody. much, Carrie. Appreciate You're welcome. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I like you. to end. I like to end with kisses. So everybody like, share, subscribe, comment, reply. Let us know what you thought about it. Give us your feedback. We want to know. Engage, engage, engage. And here comes kisses, everybody. We love you so much. <laughs> mm.
1: Now, Scott, you got to give kisses. Mm. Mm. Double, <laughs> double. <laughs> Thank you again, Carrie.
2: I appreciate it.
0: There's like, tons of kisses. Okay, everybody. We'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. <laughs> Bye for All now. Right. Bye-bye. Thank
2: you. Take care.
0: If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul Nectar show,
1: the wake wake the soul Nectar.
0: show, take a from the source